afternoon, Regeneration Nashville. Welcome, family. Can we give God praise and glory and honor? Can we thank him for his goodness and his grace? We thank you, Lord, for our online family. We just thank you. Just join in and lift your hands and praise and thank God for all that he's doing. Family, can we stand up and just thank the Lord for what he's done? Ah, uh, we thank you, Lord. You're so good. We thank you, Father, for the, the time that we had to fast this week. That fasting and prayer put us on a, on a trajectory of expectation. How many are expected today? Expecting God to do the natural and the supernatural in the life of your family. Father, Father, today we put you in remembrance of your word. Father, we thank you that you are sitting on the circle of the earth and you're looking down on your people and you are saying, I got you. So, Father, we're thanking you that we're putting you at remembrance because your word says uh, that we're the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. Uh, that everything you have belongs to us. That the enemy is under our feet. Uh, give him glory. Give him honor. And we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and put your hands together for Jesus. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
Will you just lift your hands all over the sanctuary? Come on, just give him a wave offering of thanks. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. When I'm worried about tomorrow, I won't be overwhelmed. And the burden that I've carried, I will choose to lay them down. What I
Has he been good to you today? Has he been good to you this week? Has he been good to you this minute? Has he been good to you all your life? How many can just give him a praise offering right now? We worship you, God. We praise you. With so many good things, you can be seated. So many good things that are happening this month that I want to tell you about them. Many opportunities for us to be together and be a family and be a tribe and be who God's called us to be. I want to tell all of our friends who are watching online that everything that I'm going to announce is also on the website. And if you're here in the auditorium, you probably got a postcard. But we go through this so fast that all the things that you may not capture are on the website and in your hand or go to the information desk in the foyer because we don't want you to miss anything. First, the children's department and the youth ministry is having a family night October the 15th. And they are providing all the snacks, and they just want you to come. It's going to be at the Hendersonville Skate Night or Skate Center. So you don't want to miss that. If you have kids in that age category, make sure you go. Because you want to meet those families that have all the children and get to know them. And they may even babysit for you. You never know. But <laughs> Pastor Nicholas and Pastor Devin will be there, and it'll be a fun time. And then Sunday, October the 16th, here on this property, we will have another Renew class. It's our Membership and Serve class. This is a great way, again, to get to know your community. Everybody is new at one time. And then, so you're going to be in a room that are full of new people. They're going to feel like you do. What, what, what is this all about? What has God brought me to? And so you're going to learn the foundations, and you're going to learn the people. And Pastor Harry and Pastor Candy will be there to teach. So you don't want to miss that. That is next Sunday, October the 16th, 1.30. And we'll give you directions on the website and go to the information booth. We do want you to register because we have a book for you to give to you. And then, don't you love, and then, Fresh Fire is coming. Oh my gosh, it's here. It's going to be so good. You know, we just finished corporate prayer uh, last Friday. And we took time aside just to pray for the people who are coming. Just to pray for the speakers who are coming. Because God will give them a word that's for us. This body of people. So here's something really special that I'm going to tell you. And this is for your own line family as well. And Pastor Candy's going to tell you a little bit more. But we've worked diligently to follow up with people to see if they're coming, if their schedule is still good. And we've been able to open up some more seats. So we want you to go and register. You can get your seat today. Tickets are free. But we don't want you to miss this opportunity because I'm telling you, it's, not, it's called Fresh Fire for a reason, right? So we want every seat to be full. So I don't care if you take your phone out right now and go ahead and register because those tickets are going to go fast and they're free and we want you to be here. Amen? And last but not least, Pastor Kent will be in Toledo Oh, uh, I almost said Ohio. Toledo, Mississippi, this Thursday. Tupelo. Tupelo. I'll get it right. 
Y'all know, bear with me. We'll, you know, we'll get it. Tupelo, Mississippi, this Thursday, October the 13th. He will be at the Kingsgate Worship Center. So all of you online people who can make it to that evening, come and be a part of that night. It'll be great. And you know Pastor Kent will always have a fresh word for us, right? Let's stand again. It's time for us to bring our tithes and offering to the storehouse and to give this morning as unto the Lord. And we're going to say, we're going to declare and decree our tithing declaration today. And we're going to join our faith that greater days are ahead. Can you believe greater days are ahead for all of us? So let's, let's say it like we've never said it before. Because I am a tither and a giver, the windows of heaven are open to me, and God rebukes the devourer for my sake, and I am blessed financially and receive a blessing that I cannot contain. I choose to sow cheerfully and bountifully, knowing I will reap bountifully. He makes me the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. The blessings of God are chasing me and overtaking me because God loves to see me prosper. I am believing him for advancements, God ideas, blessings and increases, financial freedom and breakthroughs. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Hello, Regeneration Nashville. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? I'm telling you what, we had powerful prayer this week. Did you enjoy uh, getting together and praying this week together? Wasn't that wonderful? Two people enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Wasn't it wonderful? Oh my goodness. I'm telling you what, this bunch is prayed up and fired up and ready to go. Uh, we, we really got a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. We really did. And today when we got in the prayer room, there was no pressing in. The minute we walked into the prayer room, we were already in the presence of the Lord. We, I'm going to tell you something prophetically. I'm going to tell you. In the Spirit, we have already crossed over the threshold into a new dimension in the spirit. And I believe that with all my heart. Uh, today I was walking the country road praying and I'm telling you, I think my neighbors think I'm crazy because I mean, I'm out there storming the gates of hell, walking up and down. Oh my goodness, praise the Lord. It is just, it's wonderful. But I have a thought for you. Uh, we have some powerful prayer warriors that have been faithful to fast and pray. And those of you, maybe you were out of town, maybe you work a strenuous job and you were not able to fast. I had a, uh, a beautiful mother text me this, uh, this morning and she said, Pastor Candy, I wanted to be there so bad. My child runs 102 fever right now. I have not been able to get there uh, to prayer and fasting, but I was praying at home. I, my spirit was with you. And I've got a word for you. 
I have a word for you that we're not able to participate because the enemy would like for you to think that because you didn't fast or because you were not able to come uh, on those weeknights, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and pray with us. And this is for you online too that are watching because many of you live in other countries and other states and you were not allowed to, uh, to travel to be here. And we understand that. But today, this morning when I was praying, the Lord uh, brought to my memory King David, uh, when he had the depressed and, and the broken and the bruised, and they'd all gathered themselves, and they'd been in battle, and they got to Ziklag. Do you remember that? And their wives and their children, they were uh, kidnapped. The, in Ziklag, their home was burned to the ground. And uh, David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord said, Pursue. He said, Pursue because you will recover all. Do you remember that? But there were 200 men that were too exhausted to go into battle. Do you remember this? They were too tired. They were exhausted. And they stayed and watched the stuff. And David and his men, they went and pursued. And they came back with all the spoils of war. And there were some wicked men that were with him and they said, okay, the guys that were too tired, that were not able to go with us, they should not share in the spoils of war. They can have their kids and they can have their wives, but they cannot have their spoil. And David said, not so. We will all share in the spoils of war. And I'm here to tell you that all of us have crossed over into the threshold of another place in the Holy Ghost. And all of us, all of us will share in the spoils of war. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah to God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We've won the battle. We've won the victory. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Do you love him? Amen. I got something fun I want to read you if I can maneuver this phone. Uh, get my glasses on. You're going to like this, okay? Let me pull this up. So right now, you know, I'm always asking, where are you from? I'm fixing to ask you. But online right now, we have Arkansas, Alabama, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, North Carolina, Nevada, New York, Oklahoma, Ohio, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, and District of Columbia watching. And we welcome you. We welcome you. I love that. If you're watching online right now, why don't you just text me up there and just let me know where you're watching. Now, this is more fun, okay? You ready for this? So here are a few countries that are watching us right now. We have Canada, Brazil, Colombia, Spain, France, Ireland, United Kingdom, Germany, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Greece, Morocco, Sierra Leone, Ghana, South Africa, Kenya, India, Pakistan, Japan, Thailand, Philippines, Malaysia, Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea. And the gospel shall be preached 
around the world. And then, and then Christ will return in the clouds of glory. Do you believe that? <laughs> oh, I love you so much. I love you so much. If nobody's told you they love you today, I want to be the first. I just love you, and I love doing life and being in church with you. Uh, so I want to ask where we, uh, who we have today in the room. I know that I met uh, Sacramento, California. Is that right? Stand up and let us welcome you, California. Thank you for being with us. Is there anyone else from California in the room? No? All right, how about Alabama? I know that we met some Alabama. Stand up, Alabama. Let us welcome Alabama all over the room. God bless you. Welcome to Nashville. Okay, so after that, I'm lost. Where are you from, brother? Illinois. Sorry. Stand up, Illinois. Let us welcome Illinois. Oh, my word, look. I beg your pardon? Oh, he said that's temporary. We're going to make a Nash billion out of him. We welcome you. Glad you're here. Anybody else from out of state? New York. Yay. We're, we're in New York, brother. Binghamton, New York. I spent a week there one day. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Glad to have you here. We're so happy you're here. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Texas, stand up, Texas. Let us welcome Texas. Where in Texas? North of Houston. All right. Well, we're glad to have you. God bless you. Yes, ma'am. South Carolina. North Carolina. Okay, sorry. Welcome to Nashville. We're glad to have you here. I met uh, Kathleen from New Jersey. Where is New Jersey? There she is. Welcome, New Jersey. <laughs> Any, anybody else from out of state? Yes, sir. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So glad to have you here. H how do you say the capital of Louisiana? Now, do you say it New Orleans or New Orleans? I say it Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge is the capital of Louisiana, right? You knew that. Yeah. So, sir, I saw your hand. Kentucky. Everybody from Kentucky, stand up. Let us welcome Kentucky. We love our Kentucky family. God bless you. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh. Everybody in the room love Jesus. Stand and sing this with me.
get out, church. standing. Keep on standing if you don't mind. Um, I love the verse that says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Nothing in us that uh, was beautiful, but he looked beyond our faults and he saw who we could be. Amen. I'm, I'm going to read my text real quick because if I don't read it now, I'm not sure I'm going to get to it. And um, I want you, if you have your Bibles or your phones, um, you can go with me to Romans chapter 4. This is one of my all-time favorite passages of Scripture, Romans the fourth chapter, and I'm going to read through verse 21. As it is written, I have made thee, I'm not going to, I have made thee a father of many nations, not just Israel, before him whom he believed, even God, and this is the part that I really want to preach on today, who quickens the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope, or when there was nothing to hope for, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations. It's interesting because the Lord says, I have done it. And it says here, he's believing that he might be the father of what God says already exists. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. You realize that faith came out of a womb that was dead? Yeah. Hallelujah. He staggered not. He didn't get drunk on unbelief. He staggered not. The, the weight of unbelief didn't weigh him down, but he was strong in faith. How? Because he's giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was also able to perform. You can be seated. I'm not sure where we're going with this today, um, but this week I began to really feel the Spirit of the Lord speak to me. He said, I am creating things that have not existed in preparation for what I'm getting ready to have my people do. And he said, I am also resurrecting things in the spirit that have been dead. 
There are things that God is doing right now in the atmosphere that we cannot see. And it's the nature of God. When you go back to the book of Genesis, the first chapter, it begins to talk about that the earth has been trashed by the devil. Because we know that when God creates things, when he gets done, he looks at it, he goes, that's good. He did not originally create the earth in a state of being messed up. We don't know how far back in time before Adam that God created the earth that we're on. Uh, scientists through carbon dating and different things, there's a lot of debate. Some people believe that the earth is only 6,000 years old. But when God spoke to Adam, he said, replenish the earth. And so I do not believe the earth is just 6,000 years old because it was beautiful in its splendor and God cast Lucifer out of heaven. Now, that's not something to die for right there, okay? It's not a doctrine. It's just how we perceive things that God tells us in the scriptures. But I believe that when the Lord cast Lucifer out of heaven and sent him to the earth, he landed on an earth that was beautiful and pristine. And then the scripture says that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the earth because God was not there where the devil was. And so when the Lord got ready to create man in his own image and in his own likeness and to give him dominion over the earth, God will never settle for the devil ruling over something that he has created. The only way that can happen is if we give the enemy the right to do it. But the Lord will never, ever settle for the enemy to rule over yours and mine's life when we give ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the scripture says that it is the heart of God to raise up men, children like himself. And so what God begins to do before Adam ever comes on the scene is God begins to create Adam doesn't know what God's doing. He is not in existence yet. He is not aware of the presence of God. But God sees Adam while he's saying, let there be light. Everything that God's doing, he's doing in anticipation because he's got a son coming that he wants to be blessed. He's thinking, I wonder if he'll like this. And I'm going to shape that just like that. And I'm going to make that particular animal. I'm going to breathe life into that flower because I know Adam will like that. God was creating something that Adam didn't know about. But he was going to rule over. Can I tell you that right now, it may look like there's nothing going on. But God is in the middle of creating some things that have never existed in the spirit realm. Don't for a minute let the enemy get you sidetracked into thinking that the earth is void. And darkness is upon the face of the deep. And the wicked are in control. And the devil's won. And the church is dead. Not so. It doesn't 
doesn't matter if it looks like nothing's going on. We got a God who quickens things which are dead and he speaketh things that are not as though they are. He can do anything he wants to, anytime he wants to. It doesn't matter what you need. God in a moment's time can say, let it be. And out of the ashes, something comes. We can't see it, but God right now is at work all over the earth. And he's speaking things that are not as though they are. And he's excited because he knows that that, hallelujah, which has been dead is coming to life. And he's going to give it to him. And so the way God works is he never brought Adam on the scene, never brought him into creation until he had created everything that Adam would need. And in fact, Adam was created on the sixth day after everything else was done. Why? Part of it was God didn't want to be distracted by other things because he saved the best for last. He never, a flower never put God on his knees in the dirt. The beasts of the field never made God get on his knees. But when God decided to make man in his own image, it brought him to his knees. He got in the dirt. He began to shape. Michael's standing there looking on the edge of, over his shoulder, and Gabriel's watching him. They're going, what's he doing? I don't know, but it's starting to look like him. They ain't never seen this before. Hallelujah. They know what angels look like, but angels don't look like Jesus. But oh, hallelujah. And then God Almighty, he's the father. He's just down there and he's shaping and he's got those hands of the artist and he's sculpturing. And when he got done, there lays this beautiful, perfect man laying in the dust. And then God got down, hallelujah. Got down and he looked at him. He put his mouth on his nose and, and he went. <laughs> and when he did that, Adam's eyes opened up. He didn't have to say, who are you? God had put in him the knowledge that when he opened his eyes, he said, Father. And Adam looked at him and said, oh, my Father. And Jesus, hallelujah, as the Word, gathered him up in his arms. And there was an embrace. And the Father said to Adam, everything you see, I made for you. God didn't really need a bird, a whale, a hippo, but he needed Adam. See, those things didn't excite God because 
they didn't come from his spiritual loins. They came from his creative ability. But Adam excited him. Because when God looked at Adam, he saw himself. There's something about a parent when they can look at their child and people will go, that kid looks just like you. Nobody goes, I hate that. <laughs> We're proud of that. And when God would look at Adam, he was proud of that man, but he never brought Adam to existence until the very first complete day that Adam would ever live was the day of rest. On the seventh day, when Adam woke up, he woke up, and the Bible said that God had rested from his own works, and he looked at everything, and he said, it is good. And the first full day that man ever existed, God rested from his creative works so he could have fellowship with Adam. That he was not distracted by the other things, but the ultimate goal had always been, I want to hang out with my son. And that's why you find him in the cool of the day. And so, I hate death. Um, I hate seeing a dead deer alongside the road. It just, it just makes my heart sad. Um, I don't do well with death. When my father died, I was 12. I couldn't look at him. I never went in. And I hate to say this, I, I, I couldn't go look at Josh. I wanted to remember them how they were. I think God wants to remember you and I alive and not dead. And see, the, what we're struggling with as a church in this nation and in the earth is there are so many things that have been precious to us that have died. You can't debate that. It's dead. There are things that have died. Morality has died. Sacredness has died. I mean, now you see commercials of Fortune 500 companies where they have two men kissing each other in the commercial or two women kissing each other. Hell wouldn't have done that 20 years ago. Society wouldn't have accepted it. But the enemy came in and they killed normal things. And he went after the church in this nation. And by and large, he pretty much killed a, a, a large constituency of the church. Until now, there's just a form of godliness. But there isn't any power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, what makes our church different? We don't even have a building. Not yet. 
But I tell you what we do have, we have the presence of the Lord. I'll trade a, a great sanctuary any day. Put me in a tent. But I would be a, David, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I thank God for what's coming. But it's not a building that makes us who we are. It's who's in the house. It's the God of resurrection and life. That's why Jesus said, I am not the God of the dead, but I am the God of the living. So without, I have no doubt that we can't see it yet. But God is in the middle of creating things right now in the atmosphere. That's why we get surges in prayer and we get surges in worship. And, and we, we have God, things are happening because we, we get that feeling that there's something happening in the spirit realm. And see, the enemy can't stop creation. Nowhere in the story of creation does it say, and on the third day, demons showed up, and Jesus had to, or God the Father had to go to battle and fight demons. They had already been defeated. Because out of all the things that God gave Adam, the greatest thing that he gave him was authority. He said, son, everything that you see is yours, and I give you authority. Why would he need authority? Because the enemy was present but didn't have any. And the devil had to use trickery through the serpent to get to Eve. But there was authority in the spirit realm of what you and I are sensing right now is the authority of the Holy Ghost. So now we go back... Uh, to the New Testament here, Romans chapter 4, and it tells the story of Abraham. And Abraham is one of the most extraordinary men that you will read about in the scriptures. But it's very interesting that when God got ready to birth a nation, he didn't pick a 20-year-old. He picked a 75-year-old man. And a 65-year-old wife that pretty much think everything is over. That if something's going to happen, in fact, Abraham is so convinced that he will never have children that he looked at Eliezer, his steward of his house, as someone that could, he could be entrusted with what he had. But whenever God calls you from one place to another, he has purpose for you by the Spirit of the Lord. One of the reasons that there's a mandate on this house is that we have come from everywhere. I always like it when people say they're from Washington State because God brought me from Washington State to be here. I wasn't raised in the South. And yet God brought, he transplanted me here. And then you got people moving from all over the place that are coming together. What is that? That is a divine 
purpose of the Lord because right now there is a clarion call going out across the United States and other countries that says come to Nashville because there's something happening in the spirit realm by the power of the Lord and so they're coming from the north the south the east and the west and we call them the remnant because they are hungry for the things of God and so right now in the in the natural realm the media says God is dead And I thought about this push that has been the last couple of years to remove the history of our nation. And, and I, I totally understand why some statues, the African-Americans want them removed or some other ethnicities. But, I mean, they're removing statues that have nothing to do with racism. They have to do with the heritage of our nation. What is that? The devil is trying to tear down the memorials of who we are. And whenever you go after things that belong to God, God in kind will go after the devil, the same things that belong to him. And whenever you start tearing down memorials in our nation that represent righteousness, God is going to go after the memorials that the devil has that represent his heritage and Baal's coming down. Hallelujah. I, I don't know how, but... I told the Lord, I don't see how there can ever be the end time harvest in Nashville, Tennessee until you hit the Parthenon and bring it to the ground with that 48-foot statue of Jezebel that's ruling over our city. Somewhere, God has to shake that thing until that idol falls down and bows at the name of Jesus. You can mark it down when Channel 5 has to report. We don't know what happened but their Parthenon is in the ground in rubbles and the thing is down. There is something going on in the spirit realm. There are some idols that God's going to shake. Did he not say, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken oh, to strengthen those things which are removed. God comes to him in his older age. He said, I'm making you a father of many nations. And he said, the child's going to come out of the womb of your wife. Well, it was possible. I mean, they lived a lot older back then. Abraham, he never died till he was 175, so he is not even middle age. Think about that. He would have had to have been, um, what, 80, 85 and, or something like that, 87 to be middle age. So he's, he's still, you know, like for us, he's, he's like 35, 40 years old. And God says, you're going to be the father of many nations. How many feel like that God has made you some promises that you got years ago? And then you think, What, what about that? And we start thinking, did you forget? You know, because it's like 10 years now. I remember I was, uh, I was ministering in a morning service at uh, Regent University for CBN. And um, 
I got done ministering, and, and there was a, an old, older man that came up to me, and he was, he, he was known as a prophet. And he took my hands, and he said, the Lord said to tell you that he's going to raise you up, and you're going to be a voice around the world, and it's going to happen so quick. And people are going to pull on you from everywhere and to be careful who you line yourself up with. And I'm thinking, right. Because <laughs> I got calendars where I'm, you know, five weeks without a meeting. Nobody knows me. And I'm just, we're, you know, we're struggling to make ends meet. We're driving an old van and we're living in an apartment. But when God makes you a promise, a lot of times he does it in a, in a position, a posture, to where it takes faith to get a hold of it. Because in the natural, it doesn't exist. But see, God is a God who speaketh things that are not as though they are. And I have forgotten about that prophecy until recently, and I told my wife, I said, you remember what that guy told me? And I said, everything he said happened. And it happened just like he said, overnight. And I thought, only God could have done that. But the weird part is, it took over 30 years for that prophetic word to come to pass. But I would hold on, hallelujah, to what God said. Some of you, the enemy has convinced you that because it looks like it's dead, it cannot happen. But don't you know, he is the God who quickens things which are dead. If you've been listening to us in the last month, we've been talking some about the anointing of Elijah. And... I really believe that there is an Elijah anointing on the church right now because that's the only anointing that can break this spirit of Jezebel that's ruling in our nation. But in that setting, when God finished with Elijah, the devil could not kill him. He went up in a rapture. When God is finished with the church over the next few years, we are not going to be decimated and die, but we're going to go up in a rapture according to the scripture, and we are going to complete what God has called us to do. When you go back to the Old Testament, I was just reflecting and I, I, I might be off here, but I think if I'm right, there were only three people raised from the dead. All of them because of the Elijah anointing. The first one was raised from the dead by Elijah, the widow's son. The next one was raised from the dead was Elisha who went in the house, remember, sent Gehazi ahead of him, and, and Gehazi said, he ain't moving, and Elisha went in. But what does Elisha have? He has a double portion of Elijah anointing. And the third time somebody's raised from the dead, what happens is Elijah and Elisha are, are gone. Elijah's gone, Elisha's dead. And a soldier gets killed in the battle, and they're in a hurry. And what do they do? They throw him in an open grave, and he hits the bones of Elijah or Elisha. And the Bible said he came up out of the grave alive and well. 
Well, so in the Old Testament, because Elijah could not die, God had loosed an Elijah anointing. And wherever there's an Elijah anointing, there is resurrection on the way because you cannot kill what God speaks life into. One of the mistakes that a lot of us have made over the years is what we saw die, we thought was our purpose and didn't realize it was our seat. You need to get a hold of this. God always puts seed in the ground and planting is associated with crying. He that goeth forth weeping bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing not bringing his seed back with him but bringing his sheaves with him and sometimes what we think is our purpose the mature purpose of god in our life is not it is the seed of what we're going to enter into so you have to go through a dying process because god has to take the seed of your potential and put it in the ground this church would not have existed if resting place had not been planted in the soil of faith and the enemy cannot kill the seed you could take a seed even scientists have said they have found seeds that are over 2,000 years old in tombs and planted them and they begin to bring forth life it doesn't matter how long the enemies planted you in the ground of disappointment when God says it's resurrection you are coming out of the soil he cannot stop you because the power of Elijah is upon you and there is an ability to rise up in the Holy Ghost may God release hallelujah a understanding that we are in resurrection season we are not in death we are not dying. The enemy will not bury us, but we're coming up out of the grave. We might be going a little while today. I don't know. So every powerful person in history, when you read about them, they have a story where it looks like it was over. Doesn't matter if it's Wigglesworth or John G. Lake or Finney or any of them. Kenneth Hagen, they all went through a season where it looked like it was over. And then God breathes resurrection life on the seed. And what comes out of the ground is not what went in the ground. Hallelujah. What comes out of the ground is all the potential that was locked up in the seed. But the seed had to die so it could break open and God releases out of that soil everything that you were born to do. There is so much in some of you today and those of you that listen to me around the world, you don't know it, but you are already in the middle of the house breaking on your seed and you're coming out of the soil and the devil's going to look at you and wish he would have never buried you. I can promise you the devil should have left resting place alone because this wouldn't have happened. 
He should have left some of you alone when he drug you to hell and back and thought you would throw in the towel. You came out of your grave triumphant in the glory and in the power of God. And you are not who you used to be, but you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who resurrected you. God always waits until it looks impossible. Resurrection always happens in the impossible. You think about Jesus. He said this. He said, no man can kill me. He said, you don't take my life. Pilate said, don't you know I have the power over you? He said, you don't have any power except the Father gives you. He said, no man takes my life. He said, I lay it down. And he said, I can take it back up. And when, see, everything that God does has to come out of the death process because that's where man's ability to take credit for it dissipates. You can't take credit for something that died. And then God begins to do something. You'll notice on the day of Pentecost, nobody stood up and said, that was me. <laughs> they didn't even know what they were waiting for. And I think they probably were discouraged. All they know is God said, just hang out there. They didn't understand the prophetic feast. They didn't understand they were between Pentecost or between um, Feast of First Fruits or all the way back to the waving of the sheaves and Pentecost. They didn't realize that. If they had it, they'd have understood that there's something getting ready to happen. But the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Father did not pour the glory out in that room simply because there were 120 people there. He poured it out because his word had to be fulfilled. And on the day of Pentecost, hallelujah, that's what Joe prophesied. There are some things that are going to happen prophetically in the nation that will not be brought about by prayer and fasting. They're going to be fulfilled because God said it and he cannot lie. Hell can't stop it. Man can't stop it. Denominations can't stop it. The media can't stop it. The Supreme Court can't outlaw it. It's just God saying, I said it. It's going to happen because my word will not return unto me void. Hallelujah. There's something in the spirit right now. And you and I, it's almost like the church right now. It's just laying in limbo. We don't have any idea that God is already in the middle of creating things. And Jesus was not put to death. Now, I know it looks like he was, but the Bible said he laid down his life. He never gave in to death until he said these words. It is finished. Everything that I'm supposed to have done, I have done. And he said, I think I'm just going to lay down for three days now. 
Because that's what he said. I laid down my life. He went and laid down in the tomb. You know what he did? He rested. And on the third day, the enemy couldn't take his life, so they had no control over it. And on the third day, hallelujah, the word said, I think I'll get up now. And the eyes opened on the natural man of Christ because the word said it was time to get up. And when the word moved inside God, manifested in flesh, Jesus got back up. This had nothing to do with the devil at the beginning. It had nothing to do with the devil at resurrection. It had to do with the prophetic word of the Lord. And Jesus got up because he said, I got some stuff now I need to do. And for 40 days, he hung out with him, tell him, you got no idea what's getting ready to happen and on the day of Pentecost suddenly, hallelujah I'm telling you, we don't know when it's going to happen, we might not even be having church all of a sudden our iPhones go crazy did you hear this, did you hear that, what is it it's a reversal, what happened God spoke a word over the earth, over the nations and declared, I am quickening those things which were dead and I'm speaking things that are are not and so they are God picked Abraham because he knew he had faith he knew he had faith because he told him he said get out of where you live leave your house your father everybody and Abraham left and they asked him they said well, why are you leaving what are you looking for he said I don't know he said but I'll know when I see it because I'm looking for a city that has foundations whose builder and maker is God. And God looked down in heaven, looked at Gabriel and said, that's him right there. Went down and told him, said, told the angel, go tell him he's going to have a boy. And it's going to be like the sand of the seashore. And whenever, you know, whenever God gives you a prophetic word, you know, a lot of times it's very powerful. You think, my God, it probably happened next couple hours. I mean, it felt like that, you know. <laughs> Bless God, he heard me. It's going to happen, you know, next week. It'll all be over. And, and um, when God told that to Abraham, him and Sarah sitting around, because her womb ain't dead, and his loins ain't dead, because in their day, they were still young enough to have children. And God looked down and he said, but what I'm birthing in them, they don't know, but it's called faith. And he said, it has to be tested. And he said, what I'm going to birth is going to be miraculous. I'm going to speak something that has never been. No woman 90 has ever had a healthy baby, let alone a baby. Just, it's, it's never happened. And they're sitting around in the tent, and they're talking about, can you believe it? God said, we're going to have a baby. I'm so excited, you know. Here I am, baby. I'm 75 years old, and I get to be a father. And she's talking about where we're going to make the, the little nursery. And they're getting baby stuff together, and they're excited. And God's up there going, bless their hearts. They have no idea what's getting ready to go through. 
because a year later she ain't pregnant, two years later she's not pregnant, five years, now the nursery has dust on it. Ten years has went by and I'm sure Sarah doesn't even want to go in there anymore. Who wants to look at an empty bassinet that you thought would have been filled with joy a long, long time ago? <clears throat> a lot of times, God will let us reach a place to where, <clears throat> just for our own sanity, we don't think too much about the promises we got because it, it disheartens. And see, that's in between the promise and the fulfillment enters another character into the narrative called unbelief. Because unbelief, this is very interesting. Nobody believes God more than the demon of unbelief. And the reason the demon of unbelief goes after you because he knows better than anybody. If God said it, he's going to do it. So unbelief shows up and starts speaking the opposite of everything that God has said because he knows if he can keep you from coming to an agreement with what God has said, there is a cohabitation that takes place and life called faith brings forth the promise. God Whenever he's going to do something that affects the destiny of nations, he waits until there is no possible way in the natural world for it to ever happen. We are there. I was just reading, uh, I think maybe in Timothy where Paul begins to talk about what society will be like before God comes back. Unthankful, unmerciful, hateful, backbiters, murderers, adulterers, disobedient to parents, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having the form of God but no power thereof. The, uh, um, lasciviousness and, and the, the list goes on and on we are there nobody ever thought that the society that we live in would have ever reached this place we scratch our heads trying to think how is it when a person that's a man we now have to call him a woman or it's cool to dress up you ever seen that show, RuPaul? You know, it's where men dress up. I mean, they look like women. And everything, and they talk, well, she looks, I'm thinking, she's not a she. He's a man. And God loves him, but he needs to get saved. And that's where the world comes to. God is setting the stage. 
Just like when the Lord made preparation for Adam to walk into the Garden of Eden and rule and reign, he had to repair the darkness and misery, the sorrow, the destruction that was on the earth. There has to be a place where God steps in and begins to say, let there be light and there shall be light in the evening time. He's 80, he's 85, his faith got a little weak, he births an Ishmael, but God isn't buying into Ishmael. We birthed an Ishmael for a few years in this nation. We had all kinds of fake stuff and fake healings and prosperity, and God was just about money and jets and houses and planes and all of that. And God said, that's not me, that's man-made. He said, I got an Isaac in the womb of a house of a Lord. And when this boy comes out of the womb, he is going to be greater than what anything man can ever come up with. Oh, may God baptize you with an Isaac anointing that comes out of a supernatural resurrection of the Spirit of the Lord. As great as Abraham was, God said this. He said, I'm going to wait until his loins die. And I'm going to wait till her womb is dead. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because the scripture I read to you, it said, he no longer would consider the fact that his loins were dead, nor consider the fact that his wife's womb was dead. Just because... The natural means dies for God to perform something doesn't mean the promise dies. The promises of God are not contingent on who's in the White House. It's not contingent on our sorry Supreme Court. Finally, they stood up enough for a little bit and reversed Roe versus Wade, at least on a federal level. It's not contingent, hallelujah, on any of the things that we see that we have looked to for hope. It is contingent on the fact that God cannot lie. And his word says, I'm coming back for a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And the gospel shall be preached unto all nations, and then the end shall be. You can't stop it. You can't stomp it out. You can't outlaw it. You can't kill it. There is an end time move of the Lord rapidly on its way. It's coming out of the throne room of the holiest of holies. It's going to turn the world upside down. It's going to save your children and heal your body. And there's nothing that hell can do about it. Hallelujah. Oh, do you feel that in your spirit? What is that? There's something stirring in your womb. Till he's 99, and she is 79. Well, she, yeah, she's going. She's getting ready to turn 90. She's 89, and 
the most astounding part of this narrative is Abraham would sit and look at Sarah and go, I don't know how, but I still believe we're going to have a baby. God, look at him. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. When his womb, his, the womb was dead, the loins were dead, the body was old and decrepit. There wasn't any hope in the natural. Everybody thought they were crazy, but they didn't empty out the nursery. Hallelujah. Until one day, God looked down and he said, <clears throat> I think it's time. And he sent a boat of resurrection and hit him. He got a spark in his eye and she got a spark in her eye and there are 99 and 89 and something happened and when it happened, God put life, something went up that fallopian tube. Hallelujah. And God said, watch this. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, after 25 years, God, who quickens things, which are dead. Before the baby was ever formed, the Holy Ghost reached back down into a 90-year-old woman, touched her womb, made it like a 16-year-old on the inside, touched the old boy, hallelujah, Abraham, and the next thing you know, everything is like when the promise was given. Can I tell you, say it, the Lord, I'm going to reverse some things in this hour. I'm going to give back to you what died. I'm going to tell you you need to get ready there is a resurrection life getting ready to happen in the Holy Ghost it doesn't matter how long it's been buried it don't matter how old you are it doesn't matter how impossible it is if God said it it is coming out of the grave you can't kill faith And all of a sudden, after all of those years, this hundred-year-old man staggered not. When the Bible says, when there was nothing left to hope for, everything's gone. May God help our brothers and sisters who've thrown in the towel. Because we've all done that at some point in our life. May the Lord, hallelujah, loose across the earth right now a Abraham anointing that says, all I know is God said it, and I'm not looking anymore to men, but I'm looking to the holiest of holies because the Lord is going to bring it out. <clears throat> Listen, when, when Jesus got up after three days of rest, and in that first 24 hours, you know, he ascended into heaven. He put his blood on the mercy seat. And forever the Father accepted the propitiation for our sins. Jesus came back down 
the same evening, within a 12-hour period, he did all of this. At the beginning, he said, don't touch me because he's a priest and he couldn't be defiled. And then that evening, he comes back down. He says, handle me. Why? Because he has completed. And the moment that death is not... Jesus didn't have to conquer death because death had never conquered him. There was never a moment where the devil was going to keep Jesus in the grave. It was prophesied. Even he said it. Destroy this temple and in three days I'm raising it back up. So there wasn't a battle there. The issue was there was a spirit of death that ruled over humanity. And even as great as the Old Testament saints were, they still died and were buried. But when Jesus, hallelujah, who named himself, he said, I am resurrection. In fact, in Genesis it says God called things out. He would say, let there be light. And there was light. In Romans it says, and God called those things which are not as though they were. What was he doing then? He was calling things as he did in Genesis. I hear a calling of the Spirit of the Lord over the nations, over Canada, over India. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter over England. And the Lord is saying, let there be harvest, harvest, harvest. And all that the enemy had buried, when resurrection came out of the grave, he said, I believe I'll get some of my buddies up with me. And the Bible said, he messed up the graveyard in Jerusalem. They just opened up. And out came all these Old Testament saints He was quickening the dead. If God can empty a graveyard out in the eastern gates of Jerusalem and bring Old Testament saints out that have been dead three and four thousand years and they look perfectly normal and they're walking the streets of Jerusalem, don't you think God can do anything he wants in the year 2022? It doesn't matter that we, the church doesn't have a national media voice like CNN or Facebook or all of those things. We already have a voice whose voice, hallelujah, he said, my voice will shake the earth. God is going to stand over the edge of glory and say, it's time. Shake. And everything will begin to shake. Everything will begin to move. You don't see it, but right now the Lord says, I am creating things in the atmosphere because I am getting ready. When 2023 hits, the graves are going to open, says the Lord, over the house of God. And we're coming out of what the enemy did to us. And there is going to be a resurrection revival of the power of God sweep across the earth. Keep on standing. And we end this passage which I read to you.
said the reason this happened is because Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. There is a weeding process right now that God's letting happen. And there's too many people that weren't fully persuaded. They needed the media to tell them it was going to work. Or a government to tell them. I told the devil the other day, I said, I can't hear you because the word is speaking too loud. I'm hearing too loud what God has already said. I can't hear what the devil's saying right now. Hallelujah. Sunday. Praise God. Praise God. Lord, I loose right now in this building. Brand new things that don't exist. They've never existed. We loose them over this congregation all around the world. Every nation that was named today that my wife called out. Every state. God, we speak things that are not. Hallelujah. As though they already were. And Lord, I also declare that there is a resurrection, hallelujah, that God is raising up. You're quickening the dead in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Two things I believe that the Lord will do for many of you. Some gifts... And abilities that were in your life when you were young that died out. I believe that God is going to resurrect them. And then there are many of you that have never moved in some of the gifts that God's getting ready to do. I pastored for, I preached for 15 years before I ever moved prophetically. And then one day, God just out of the blue. And when he gave it to me, I didn't know what it was. When I was prophesying, I didn't know how it was working. It was just a gift that God said it was time. There are some gifts that God has your name on. And you got to start believing. Hallelujah. Do not let your past declare your future. Bible says about Sarah, you know, she she laughed. The angel said, why did Sarah laugh? She said, oh, I, I wasn't laughing. I said, oh, you laughed. But then when she was holding that baby, she said, God has made me laugh again. And this time it wasn't unbelief. It was the joy holding a promise that took 25 years in the making and she holds the Guinness Book of World's Records for being the oldest woman to ever have a baby that we know about there are many of you under the sound of my voice that God's going to Knock the dust off of your nursery of dreams. 
and you're going to hold in your life what man said was impossible. How many believe that? How many would tell the Lord today, whatever you want to do with me, it's all right with me. Oh, God, use us, Lord. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how old you are, your education level, your financial status, whether you're married, you're single, or you're widowed, or you're divorced, it's your heart that God is breathing on right now. Can you feel it? There is a wind of resurrection that's flowing through this sanctuary right now in the Spirit of the Lord. Go ahead and receive it. Just right where you're at right now. I, I, want, I want you just to tell the Lord, God, I'm receiving this, whatever it is. And I can promise you we're not going to have to wait 25 years this time. This is a quick work that God is doing. We've already put in our 25 years. Right now, some of you are feeling a stirring in your spirit wound. You know what that is? That's Isaac kicking. <clears throat> Hallelujah. There's an Isaac trying to kick inside your womb. You're going, what is this? This is that. Hallelujah. That God said, I am quickening those things which are dead. Jeff, I just loose a whole new dimension on your life. Sunday. So many of you in this building, my God, I feel the love of the Father. Right now, I believe that God Almighty is on His knees and He is blowing. Psalm says He kisses me, or Song of Psalm, He kisses me with the kisses of His mouth. I believe God's getting ready to kiss His bride. As you're coming, those that are wanting me to pray for you, if you find your way over to this side here, come on, church. There's a, we've, we've stepped over the last few weeks into another realm. Come with me and let's stand right up front because we're going to posture ourselves today to receive the word of the Lord. All the Abrahams and all the Sarahs in this house, come on. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You know what? A person that's, that's drunk, one of the ways you know they're drunk is they stagger. But they don't think straight. Unbelief will mess up the way you think. It will make you drunk on lies because unbelief's terrified. If you ever believe the word of the Lord, you will shake his kingdom. Harabobo Sunday. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> I believe that God is going to do the resurrection. We're going to see the manifestation of that first before we even see the creative power that the Lord is releasing.
How many of you feel like, God, you need to bring something back to life? Some of you have prayed for years. You've walked by that empty room that you declared would be filled with an answered prayer, and it's still, it's gotten dusty. And you're old, you feel like, God, I'm just, I'm old. I'm weary. And the Lord's saying, okay, watch me now. It could be in the middle of the night tonight. It could be before you get out of this parking lot. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I bind every spirit of death. I lose resurrection over this house in the name of Jesus. Marabobo Sunday. Hallelujah. Those of you that have the call to preach and the enemy shut your gift down and shut doors. I curse that thing in Jesus' name. And I begin to speak open doors for ministers in this house in the name of Jesus. Moria Sunday. Hallelujah. Disillusionment. Finally decide, okay, it ain't gonna happen. Get back up. Hallelujah. Get up. Hallelujah. Start declaring again. Walk into that room where you declare the prophetic word of the Lord and say, God, I am not going to stagger on unbelief. You promised me my child would be saved. You promised me I would be healed. You promised me, hallelujah, that there would be a turnaround. Hold on to that. Pastor. This is Shirley. She's from Kingsport, Tennessee. And she had been diagnosed a year and a half ago with leukemia. Leukemia. And this is Shirley. Hello, this is her Shirley. daughter right here. Amen. How many believe God's going to heal Shirley today? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shirley, you're ready for the Holy Ghost just to chase this old demon spirit of leukemia out of your body in the name of the Lord. Now, God, I can't heal Shirley. But Lord, Holy Ghost, flow through me. God, I'm just a channel. Now in the name of the Lord, the Holy Ghost moves this demon spirit of leukemia out of your body. In the name of the Lord, we cancel the death assignment that hell spoke over you. In the name of the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Are, is, are you her daughter? I just declare you will not bury your mother. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We cancel the funeral in the name of the Lord. And God, we declare that there's going to be a celebration. God, when the doctor says there's no leukemia, I don't know what happened, but your blood is fine. In the name of the Lord, we call it done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastor, this is Denise, and she is from Florida. And 25 years ago, she had a stroke. Come on out here a little bit. 25 years ago, she had a stroke, and she still has the effects of it. She can't use her arms, can't talk. And she at one time was a pastor. But Amen. because of the stroke, she hasn't been able to do anything. So she's came for her. Ready healing. to run again? Hallelujah. Preach the gospel. Shirley. Is it Shirley? What's your first name? Denise. I'm sorry. All right. In the name of Jesus. God, what the enemy killed. I lose resurrection, anointing, Denise, in your body. 
Oh, hallelujah to every nerve ending, every bit of damage that this stroke did to you into your brain. In the name of the Lord, I loose the blood of Jesus Christ to begin to flow through your brain that even today, Lord, we expect God to see life come back into her limbs that, oh, Lord, even now, Lord, hallelujah, now, Holy Ghost, now, Holy Ghost, in the name of the Lord, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God loose the ability to preach again. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, God, we declare it. Hallelujah. God, you said like calves leaping out of a stall. In the name of the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead, Holy Ghost. Get in her legs. Get in her feet. My God, loose her. Lord, perform your word. You cannot lie. God, you cannot lie. We call it done in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, give her dancing feet. In the name of Jesus. God, today be the day. God, that you fulfill your word. God, today, today, today. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. God, every step that step of faith. Oh, I thank you, God. Resurrection. Resurrection. Resurrection life. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about. We're we're breaking into something. The devil's a liar. Hallelujah. Kick him out. Pastor, this is David from Alabama. He has 90% hearing loss. Also, severe back pain. Amen. Been deaf for seven years. Believe in God to restore his hearing. David. Amen. The Bible said, Lord, would just touch him. Hallelujah. The deaf would hear. In the name of the Lord. Now, God, the eardrums and the ear canals. Lord, Holy Ghost, create. God, just let his ears pop and begin to hear. Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost, we give you the glory. Only you can do this. Now, God, resurrect what the spirit of deafness. You foul demon of deafness, I cast you out. I cast you out of his body in the name of the Lord. God, this is not too hard for you. Lord, confirm your word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, deafness, come out of his head. Hallelujah. Come out. In the name of the Lord, God, I blow the healing power of the Lord into his ears. Gloria Sunday. 
go on deaf. Hallelujah, you stubborn little demon. I curse you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, God, confirm. Lord, you said these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in my name. Hallelujah. Greater works than these shall ye do. In Jesus' name, God, we call it done. In the name of the Lord. Pastor, this is Austin, and she is from North Carolina with breast cancer in her left side. Breast cancer. Her name is Austin. Austin. O-Z-D-E-N. Austin. Amen. Praise God. Lord, we command this demon cancer. Lord, you already have declared prophetically that you're eradicating cancer out of this nation and out of the earth. And in the name of the Lord, God, we declare that no knife will touch her, that God, that she is cancer-free. Cancer demon, I cast you out in Jesus' name. Leave her body. Now, Lord, we declare, hallelujah, by faith, God, we are putting the words in the doctor's mouth that he's going to come in and say, I don't know what happened, but I can't find anything in her breast. God, that she is healed in the name of the Lord, according to the word of God and your faith. So be it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Pastor, this is Grace. She came from New York, Otto immune disorder grace all right hello grace ready for some grace of god to hit you autoimmune right amen in the name of the lord now in the name of jesus god i curse this mocking spirit this autoimmune demon spirit that lord from this day on her body will function normal there will be no restrictions no medication but my god that lord she is healed god grace is healed lord you said just lay hands i did that now god you do what you said you would do and lord fulfill your word that all from her head to her feet god that grace is healed in jesus name by the power of the lord thank you lord thank you lord thank you jesus pastor this is a family this is uh daryl this is a grandfather the two two young boys this is Christian and Caleb and they both have a hunt have the Huntington disease and they're here from Kentucky and the grandfather here has diabetes kidney failure and heart problems Amen. hey guys what's your name Caleb, Caleb? that's a great name what's your name Christian. Christian well you got great names amen all right Huntington's disease we're going to curse that in diabetes and heart. All right. Well, I figure if y'all can make it here, so can the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Hallelujah. You boys love Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now in the name of the Lord, God, I speak over these young men. <clears throat> Today, God, I brand them as mighty tools in the kingdom of God. And Lord, over Caleb and Christian, Lord, they're weary with this thing. Oh, God. Lord, I can sense the weariness. And in the name of the Lord, oh, Father, keep
kiss them today with healing. <clears throat> God, we command this Huntington's disease to leave their bodies, that, Lord, they're going to be healthy, strong, mighty men of God that the enemy cannot touch. And now, Lord, on the grandfather, God, we curse the heart disease and the diabetes that, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, this is your opportunity. Go ahead and show up, Holy Ghost. You're the doctor. God, you're the doctor. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that it's done in the name of the Lord, according to the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. I wonder how many of you just this week in your prayer times that you'll remember one of these and just come into agreement with the Holy Ghost. I mean, that could be your child, your wife, you know, whatever. And this, this church, we are an organism. We are strong together. There's synergy in this building. And I truly believe that the healing that takes place up here is not because of me, but because of our agreement that we have together. So let's be a healing church. Hallelujah. Let's make the devil just cry whenever somebody sick walks in this building because he knows he's going to be embarrassed. Sister Christmas, you got something? Huh? You do? Well, come on. I knew she did. If you would, just come on up here if you would. <laughs> just so the church knows, Joe just got back from the Congo. And he has the heart of a missionary. And they were raised up under Brother David Wilkerson. The Lord says to tell you, son and daughter, the Lord says that you never walked in the things that I've called you to. The Lord says you've seen it and you've tasted it and you've seen it by faith afar. But the Lord says that you, you don't fully understand what I've called you to. The Lord said I called you to dig down deep on the rock. And the Lord said when other people were flourishing, you were standing on the sidelines and you were suffering and you were suffering in silence with gladness. The Lord says, son and daughter, I've tried you and I've found you faithful. I've found you faithful. And the Lord says that now the Holy Ghost is going with you to confirm the word with signs and wonders. Son and daughter, the Lord says to tell you, you will see the dead raised. The Lord says that you will see 
miracles and signs and wonders that you've only read about, saith the Lord. The Lord says to tell you that you are peculiar in my sight. I have set you aside for a peculiar anointing, saith the Lord. And the Lord says that I have even broken off the love of the world and materialism, says the Lord, because you will taste the fatness of the land. The Lord says that you will walk in great abundance and wealth will pass through your hands. But the Lord says, I found you honorable and faithful and you will use these finances and these monies that I will send to win souls around the world, saith the Lord, because I have found you faithful, saith the Lord. The Lord says to tell you that now I'm joining you together. Amen. The Lord Amen. says I'm joining. The Lord says you've been together in the spirit, but geographically one stays behind while the other goes forward. But the Lord says now I'm going to make a way for you both to go because the call that is upon one is upon the other. The word that is within one is upon the other. The miracles in one is upon the other, saith the Lord, because I called you as a team. The Lord says you'll raise up teams, saith the Lord, around the world. God says even whole villages and whole towns will come to the glory and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. God says that you will see an outpouring of the Spirit of God wherever you go from this day forward because the Holy Ghost goes with you to confirm the Word with signs and wonders. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Now this is what the Lord spoke to me in the prayer room. We fasted. We prayed together. And Jesus said this. He said, only, some only come out by prayer and fasting. So let's not waste this fast. Let's laser point some prayers right now. Some of us have some kids that are struggling with homosexuality and gender confusion. The devil is trying to pull our kids out into the world. So why don't we join our prayer? Hey, it only takes one or two. The Bible says when two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm in their midst. Is that what he said? And look, we've got a whole room full of people that are fasted up and prayed up. So why don't we go to war right now? Can we do that? Can we do that? Let's laser point. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we take back our children. God, we come against this demon spirit of perversion, of sexual identity. We come against demon spirits of homosexuality. In the name of Jesus, we pull you down. We don't just go after the devil. We go after the stronghold. We go after wickedness and darkness and high place. Come on, church. In the name of Jesus, we pull you down. We pull you down from our nation. In the name of Jesus, we pull you down from our children. In the name of Jesus, we loose the baptism of the Holy Ghost in 
Jesus name in Jesus name come on in Jesus name loose our children loose our children and let them go in Jesus name come on give Jesus a shout of praise hallelujah 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 all right let me ask you a question let me ask you a question how many in this room has some sort of sickness in your body that you take medication look it's not an indictment we're gonna break that thing you take some kind of medication for high blood pressure for diabetes for anything, any kind of medication on a regular basis, you got sickness in your body. All right, let's break that demon spirit of infirmity and let's pull it down from high places, wickedness in high places. Can we do that? Let's laser point our prayers right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come against every demon spirit of infirmity we bind you we take authority over you we grind you to powder in jesus name satan the lord rebuke you the blood of jesus christ is against sickness and infirmity high blood pressure cancer in the name of jesus diabetes you must go come on say it with me go 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 we destroy the yoke of infirmity and sickness in jesus name we lose the healing power of jesus christ of nazareth come on lay hands on yourself lay hands on yourself in the name of jesus we look to the stripes of jesus christ say it i'm healed i'm healed by the power of the holy ghost in jesus name Give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. In our conference on Friday morning, we've decided we're just going to call it a miracle service. We're not sure what we're going to do, but we're going to create an atmosphere for God to do supernatural things. And um, we're going to just kind of wait and we're going to pray for the sick. We're going to, listen, we're just going to put God to the test. And so I want you to begin to pray about that service. The other thing, this has really been on my heart. Um, we don't take up missions offerings hardly ever. But we have a, a missionary and he's 75 now, going strong. He's raised up Bible schools. Um, he has had his curriculum, I think, translated into 48 different languages. The, the fruit of this man is incredible. And I really have felt challenged by God that this church needs to take up a, a, online in here next Sunday. I want to take up a missions offering. I don't care if it's $100,000, we're giving it to them. Every single penny is going to go to this missionary for what they do uh, around the world and you're going to invest in great soil this man has preached the gospel for almost 60 years never had a failure there's no shadow on his ministry 
Satan. He is a powerful man of God, he and his wife, and they have given their lives to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you got a week to pray about it, think about it, and we're going to believe that God's going to do something incredible. Um, I mean, feel like God's done something for you today. I want you to walk out of here declaring that there's resurrection anointing on my life. That God is bringing back to life. And always remember this. Whatever the devil kills, when God resurrects it, it's much better. And when God resurrects it, the enemy can never, ever touch it again. It is divinely protected. So may the face of God shine upon you. Hallelujah. May divine favor be upon you today. May the angels of the Lord encamp around every one of you under the sound of my voice around the world. May God condense time. And may you step out of the door thinking you're going to sow seed and put your foot in a full-grown field of harvest. May the joy of the Lord be your strength. May your days of heartache and sorrow never come again. And may you laugh like Sarah for the rest of your life till Jesus comes back. Hallelujah. May God not give you 30-fold or 60-fold, but may you be 100-fold believers that excel in the things of God. And may there be no graveyards in your life. But from this day on, hallelujah, there is an empty grave that testifies that my God, hallelujah, resurrected me in Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about KCM International or Regeneration Nashville, go to KentChristmas.org or RegenerationNashville.org. And for the latest updates or videos, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. God bless you.